Hey there, welcome back to the Fully Live Athlete Pastor channel. This is Justin, and you're watching the Online Bible Reading Club series, day 147. Today we're looking at 2 Chronicles 1, 2, and 3, chapters 1, 2, and 3, and then the Gospel of John, chapter 10, 1 through 23. You can see below the video in the description a link to the full uh, reading plan. So as you go through, we hope that these videos will be uh, a help to you to either review what you've read the day of the reading plan, the particular day, or preview what you're going to read so you'll get a little more out of it. Uh, it's a tool either way. It works. Uh, which It's up to you. You pick it. But all I have to say, please keep reading the Bible. There's nothing more important you can be doing right now than reading that Bible. So as you look at it, we want to understand in context uh, that uh, these passages all link together. The whole scripture is centered on Christ. And it's amazing the, the parallels you see as you read uh, this plan because it gives you some Old Testament, New Testament together. Well, what's exciting about this particular reading is the channel you're watching, Fully Live Athlete Pastor channel, uh, really came uh, and was derived from this. I'm a pastor and I'm an athletic trainer and, and love to, to see the potential that, that me as a uh, you know, middle-aged man can achieve athletically. And I like to help others to do so as well, uh, shepherding them uh, toward fitness. Uh, but the goal is is not just to be uh, having a great uh, physique, uh, a very intelligent mind, or to be emotionally intelligent, or have uh, great relationships. Those things are all good in and of themselves. But man fully alive uh, is, uh, as John 10.10 10 says, is I came not that you might... Uh, you know, I came, uh, unlike the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is in context, again, following up in John 10, the John 9 passage, of course, where he has uh, been confronted by these Pharisees who are indignant that Jesus has healed this man who was born blind on the Sabbath. Now, uh, he calls them flat-out thieves. He calls them dead ends. And he says, I'm the gate that the sheep will enter into. I am the good shepherd who will lay down his life for the sheep. As you think about that, uh, he says, you know, if you come to me, you will find life and find it to its full. Uh, Irenaeus, the church father, uh, was quoted as saying, God's glory is seen in man made fully alive. And that's what God has been doing in salvation history. Uh, he's putting the players and the chess pieces on the board to get to this moment where Jesus would, would do what he foreshadows he's going to do by these words. He speaks about this shepherd, and the shepherd is going to lay down his life for the sheep. Now, if you've been to Israel, if you've been to places where there's a lot of shepherds, you don't see a lot of uh, flocks of sheep running around without a shepherd, right? Because look, the shepherds don't actually usually let the ant, the predator kill them, right? They don't uh, actually uh, get slain for the sake of their flock. Actually, that would be uh, not accomplishing their mission because they would leave their sheep without their shepherd, right? And he, they would not be able to hear his voice anymore because he would be dead. Uh, a shepherd who dies for the flock would not would be a failure. Jesus says, "I am the good shepherd," and in verse eleven. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, right? Now, how is that a good shepherd? He says it again in verse 14. I'm going to lay down my life for the sheep. And he has he talks about these other sheep, uh, not of this sheep pen, uh, Gentiles. And they will hear my voice as well. 
and these, the, uh, the, the Jewish believers and the Gentile future believers, will be one flock and there will be one shepherd. So he's going to make people from out, throughout the world into one flock, one church, uh, through his work of laying down my life. And he says, the reason my father loves me is I lay down my life, only to take it up again. In 18, this is crucial. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. So this is the command. This is the this is why we are saved, because Jesus obeys the Father for us. When we are uh, we cut and run, uh, we don't care for those who are entrusted to us. Jesus never lets any of us fall. He, at the cost of his life, he lays it down and he takes it up again. He is risen. So the only instance where a shepherd laying down his life makes sense is if the shepherd is committing what is active obedience followed by passive obedience. He, he is the good shepherd who has obeyed the law for us all of his days in word, thought, deed, everything one could do to honor God so that he could offer up active obedience and then he says it is finished on the cross, right? You remember this he, in the very famous words, to tell us die. He says it is finished. And then from that moment on, he becomes passive in, in giving over his spirit. He gives himself over to death. He lays down his life for the sake of the sheep. No one takes it. He could have, of course, at any moment uh, ended this thing and, and sent down the, uh, the angels and, and it would have been over. He could have rained down... Uh, fire and and brimstone or hailing sulfur as he did on Sodom and Gomorrah on Jerusalem itself. He could have done all these things. He could have flooded the earth as he did with Noah's day. But he passively lays down his life in this passive obedience to save the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. There is no greater news that than that Jesus actively and passively accomplished our salvation, that we might be part of his people, that he might dwell with us, right? And that we might be fully alive. Uh, that is the gospel. The gospel is not Jesus. Look at him. He is so loving and forgiving. And what a great example that we can imitate. Well, we should seek to imitate Jesus, of course, but that is not the center of the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is that he has a commission. He has uh, a, a commission from the Father that He does, and this is uh, the Father loves this, and He loves this. He He lays down His life for the joy set before Him. He loves His sheep, and He, in, in the most stunning reversal ever, is the Good Shepherd who lays down His life, which doesn't make any sense apart from the reality that He will rise again on the third day for their salvation. Only a shepherd like that can save us from our sin because He takes our sin on him and in that passive obedience of taking on the death that we have merited he fulfills our salvation in atoning work on the passive obedience and this uh, righteousness that is imputed to us through faith alone that he has been accumulating in his life and he says it's finished so as you think about that go back to our old testament reading for today briefly and look at it this is second chronicles Second Chronicles is covering essentially the same ground that First Kings and Second Kings are covering, right? But it's doing so in different ways, and I want to highlight that. 
Uh, so we, we've seen David has begun the work of building the temple and he's conquered, right? So, so his son Solomon, we saw last time, will be the one who's going to build the temple. And that's exactly what we see in chapters 1 through 3. As you see the very first verse, it says in, in 2 Chronicles 1, 1, Solomon, the son of David, you see that link there, established himself in his kingdom. And the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. You might remember this is language used of Joseph, the Lord uh, God was with him. This Emmanuel principle that we're going to see is the gospel with uh, with Isaiah's prophecy is that you will call him Emmanuel for he will be God with us. And that's the, the very word that the angel spoke to Joseph speaking of the name of Jesus and the function of Jesus in Matthew 1, 20 and 21 where, where, they, where the, the, the son is prophesied uh, by the angel he says, raise the child, for the child will save his people from his sins. Uh, you will call him Emmanuel, for he will be God with us. That is said from the angel, directly from God to Joseph, that he might care for Mary and for Christ, uh, who will be this good shepherd. And the Lord will be with us. This is the only way it's going to occur, is that God would fulfill all of the righteousness required and atone for all the sins that we might be reconciled to him and that he might dwell with us with no more sin, with the penalty of sin paid, the power of sin broken and our actual freedom from that. And then we see the, the ultimate presence of sin will be eliminated when Christ returns and sets up the new heaven and new earth, right? In this time of gospel proclamation, we are awaiting the return of Christ to fulfill all of the prophecy and consummate this kingdom of glory. The reality of the temple will be there. So uh, let's look at, uh, at some of the things here. Uh, I just want you to think, you know, he doesn't, it, it, one of the differences of Second King, our first and second Kings and, and the story of Solomon in, um, in Second Chronicles, we're kind of looking at, okay, you got the, the initial um, genealogies and the uh, tribes of Israel listed out in the Chronicles and up to one, uh, First Chronicles 1 through 9. And then you've got the second series of the book, which is the United Kingdom and uh, the United Kingdom of Israel from uh, the, the end of that section, First Chronicles 10, all the way into Second Chronicles 9. You've got a united Israel uh, ruled by David and now his son Solomon, which is uh, going to bring uh, the conquering, the peace to the land. And then also now the worship of God centralized in Jerusalem. And as you see that, you cannot miss how incredible this is. Solomon is seated in Jerusalem, building a palace for himself, building a temple for the Lord God made out of gold and all these fine materials. And he's, he's sending out a letter, you see, in the, in the second chapter to the king of Tyre. And he's, and he's requesting supplies and men. Uh, to fulfill this job. And he's like, I'll pay them. And he's, and he's making these deals. And he's got this elaborate plan that David's been working on to complete the temple and that worship might be regular and, 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 and that God might dwell in this house, right? Now Solomon speaks to the absurdity that, that God could dwell in a house made by human hands, right? But he is going to, this is, this is a, an amazing turnabout. We saw uh, Israel, remember, is a slave nation, a, a group of slaves, originally begun with a, with a barren uh, mother, uh, Sarah, uh, Abram's wife, uh, in a far land. And they are brought to Israel according to the covenant promises of God. And you see them uh, you know, brought into slavery after having Isaac and then Jacob and then ch the children, the 12 tribes, uh, brought into slavery, out of slavery. 
and now they have taken the land and you see them building a majestic, uh, beautiful temple that would express the glory of God uh, for the people to see. It's quite, quite a picture. And we are like those slaves. Uh, we are like those people who uh, have no business uh, being in here. We're not just like nobodies, but we are rebels. Uh, we are sinners, and God takes us uh, willing, willing captives to sin, and He sets us free from that by grace, by the laying down of the life of the Good Shepherd, to, to reign and rule over us by His kingdom of grace and His glory, and bring us into the true temple that, that, he, will build, that he will bring together God and man together, Emmanuel, in this last day. And we will be fully alive. So that's the good news. God bless you guys. Enjoy the reading. And I hope that helps. Let me know if you got any questions. Comment, subscribe, like the channel, all that stuff. We'll see you next time with Online Bible Reading Club, day 148.